Slendy, hey, go. Slendy, hey. Hit it up the park. Hit it with a strike. From the national anthem to the bottom of the night. I'm in Slendy, hey, go. Slendy, hey, go. Slendy, hey, go. Slendy, hey. You already know what's up. What's that? Another home run. But you know the job ain't done. Till we hold that trophy up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 490 of the Talking for Hours podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is October 13th, 2023. And today I've got a Joe Musgrove season review for you. Just a reminder, if you have not seen the other season reviews or listened to them for the podcast listeners, just go back on your podcast platform, whatever you're using, Apple, Spotify, whatever. And you'll see all of them that I have done there. I think I've done three, Manny, Crony, and Darvish so far. So we're just getting started with it. And then on YouTube, you can just go to the playlist and then go to episodes or go to player reviews. Uh, It should be under that category there. Um, Well, without further ado, let's get started here with the, the Joe Musgrove season review. Obviously, this is another one where I'm gonna say it was a disappointing season. Because he wasn't on the field as much. He wasn't on the mound as much as we wanted him to be. I don't think it was that much of a disappointing season in terms of him, like, performance-wise on the mound. I, it just came down to injuries. I mean, drop the kettlebell on his toe, right? Breaks fractured toe, and that really screwed up his spring training. And he didn't make his first big league start till. April 22nd, which we thought maybe there was going to be like a, a a small shot that he could return maybe a couple starts into the season and only miss like one or two starts. But yeah, that was uh, not the case. Um, so that was a hit there. And then when he came back, he was just trying to make sure that he could be available to be on the field. This wasn't a, a, a situation where Joe was between every start. All of his focus was on, okay, how can I improve from the start that I had my last start? You know, and how can I get better? It wasn't just that. He spent a lot of time in the training room and stuff. Like he told the media, he, he spoke to the media about this, where he spent a lot of time just getting his body ready to make his next start. And it wasn't till he had made a good amount of starts where, okay, then he could start really actually like going back to his regular prep of focusing on the other team, focusing on what he is doing on the mound, Uh, because that rehab can take a lot of time up, you know, just making sure that your body is ready to start, that your body is recovering and doing all the right things, not just your regular stuff, but probably more stuff too. Um, I I, I can't speak too much to that because I'm not like a trainer or a Uh, someone that worked with Joe or anything like that, obviously. But I assume that there was a lot more work that went in because he was dealing with that toe, making sure that was right. And then early on in the season, he was running. He does his normal uh, running, I believe, on grass usually. But in Mexico, it was turf and it was really hot. And so he, he ends up, I think, burning the bottom of his feet. So... That kind of, I think he missed a few days. I think he made his next start, but it was a little bit delayed. So he he had to work through that. 
And then obviously later in the year had the shoulder problem where he ends up going on the IL and he never pitched since July. And when I'm looking back at these game logs, I'm like, oh, it was that long that he was out. Because, you know, Darvish, obviously, like September, he was he was done pretty much right with the elbow. With Musgrove, for some reason, I thought that he started post All-Star break, but he did not start a single game after the All-Star break. Not one. And the Padres missed the postseason by two games. And this was a guy that after that May 20th start against Boston, where he went five innings and gave up four runs, since that May 26th start, this was a guy that was pitching like Joe Busgrove from 2022. He had a 184 ERA, a 278 FIP. Batters had a OPS of 593 against him. 73 in a third innings, just 15 earned runs allowed, 72 punch outs. Like he was pitching really well results wise because he had finally, I think, started to get back to, okay, fully focusing on getting better in between starts instead of having to just get ready to make starts and be healthy enough and be available to make starts. But he was pitching tremendously well. And he goes down. And then what happens? Then you have guys like Jackson Wolf and Ryan Weathers and Matt Waldron and Pedro Avila. You have guys like that having to make starts when what if Joe would have made some of these starts? Would the Padres have finished with a little bit better of a record than they did? I would think so. I know a lot a lot of the the issues this year was on the offense. I understand that. But look at the win-loss for Joe Musgrove. When he was pitching since May 26th at New York, when he went six and a third, one earned run allowed. That's when it like really started. Okay. They won that game five to one. His next start, they won that one 10 to one. Lost against Seattle, but then won six to three, won five four, won 13 to three, lost five four, won eight to five, won six to two, won nine to one. Lost three to one, and then his last start of the year against Texas, won seven to one. So starting May 26th, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine wins and three losses. Nine and three with Musgrove on the mound. If he would have been able to pitch the rest of the year, maybe this Padres team would have been able to sneak into the postseason. I don't know. Now, I'm not saying like, oh, well, the Joe Musgrove injury is the reason why this team didn't go win the World Series this year. Even if Joe was healthy, I'm not so sure this team would have won the World Series. I just didn't see enough from them. But no doubt the Joe Musgrove injury this year with his shoulder and him missing uh, the start of the year, that had an impact on this team. No doubt about that. Because Joe Musgrove, for most of this season, he was pitching really well. And he was going six innings. Every single outing except one, June 6th against Seattle. Every outing since, or starting on May 26th against the Yankees, every single outing the rest of his season. So all of July, all of June, and May 26th start, except just one outing, which was June 6th. All of those outings, he went at least six innings. And he didn't allow more than three runs in any of them. So all of them quality starts. He was pitching really well. He was putting the Padres in position to win games, and they won most of his games this year that he pitched in. So it's one of those what-ifs. What if Joe was healthy? 
Um, now, the Joe Musgrove injury, it's definitely going to be a question mark, no doubt about that, going into 2024. How is his shoulder going to be? Like, is it going to hold up? What's going to happen? I know he's going to work his butt off in this offseason, and he'll be ready to go. It's what it seems like. He'll be ready to go for spring training. And he, this isn't like Darvish where with Darvish, I reviewed his season yesterday. With Darvish, he hasn't even, I don't think, begun throwing yet. They were waiting five to six weeks since they announced that he would be out for the rest of the year in September. Five to six weeks to wait to see if he would need surgery because of the bone spur and the elbow, right? Like, how is it progressing? Are they going to need surgery? or what's What are the next steps with Darvish? With Musgrove, he already resumed throwing. He was leaving like a 1% shot if the Padres made the postseason. Maybe he was going to be able to contribute out of the bullpen, but he can, he already was throwing. So it seems like he is just going about it like a normal offseason, which definitely is encouraging to me. And I can't wait to see Joe Musgrove back on the mound in 2024. Obviously, one of my favorite players, for anyone that knows me, I absolutely love Joe Musgrove. Although he went to Grossmont, you know, obviously Helix is, I went to high school at Helix for anyone that doesn't know. So uh, Grossmont's rival high school. I, I played on that same field multiple times that Joe pitched on it in high school. So it's cool to, to look back on and think about. Um, but yeah, love Joe. Love the f family is awesome. Um, so just, yeah, wishing for the best in 2024 for Joe health wise. And then obviously for the team as well. Now off the field for Joe in 2023. In terms of like quotes and stuff, for the most part, I liked what Joe Musgrove said. The one thing that I can point to that I wasn't a big fan of was when he said that the Padres are going to be kicking themselves if uh, if Snell and Hader were out of it. Because he said that. Because first off, usually when people say something, it's like like what they said first, they might try to backtrack on it. But what they say first, that's their actual thought. And Joe initially told the media, we're a good team even without Snell and Hader. I think he was looking at it from the fan perspective because he's a Padres fan as well. He just happens to play for the Padres and be in that clubhouse. He's been a fan his whole life. He was looking at it from the fan perspective. Yeah, we'll be fine without Hader. We'll be fine if we don't have Blake Snell. Let's go get something back for them. This year's not the year. And I'm just going to be like, yeah, I'm confident in the group. We have a good, talented team without those guys. But then he backtracked and was like, maybe I shouldn't have said that because, you know, Snell and Hayter, they're still in the clubhouse. They're still my teammates. And he backtracked and was like, we're going to be kicking ourselves if we're a couple games out, a game out, if we, and we don't have Snell and Hayter. But, and I was like, I didn't like that quote because just stick with what you said. You know, stick with the Padres fan. You relate to Padres fans. I know you do. Like, stick with what you said. It's okay. You can apologize to the teammates and be like, well, that wasn't me trying to bash you, Blake or Josh. That was just me expressing confidence in this team because I know that you guys going is a possibility. I don't want that to happen. Like, he could have said that individually with those guys. Um, but he does view himself, obviously, and not just he views himself. He is one of the leaders and one of the vocal leaders in that clubhouse. So he probably wanted to go to the media and be like and and backtrack a little bit and express support for teammates. Like, don't trade these guys, don't give up on this team, right? 
Um, but I think his real thoughts were what he said first, the Padre fan perspective. Like, get something back for these guys. Clearly, this year is not the year. Like, why, why keep these guys? What's the point? And we weren't kicking ourselves. Actually, no, no, no. Let me change that. Let me, we were kicking ourselves. I was kicking myself. Maybe Preller was, I don't know. But I was kicking myself about this Padres team continuing to have Snell and Hayter be on this team because they still missed the postseason with those guys by two games. Because Josh Hader, he could have made himself available more games than he did. He could have made himself more available in terms of like the innings that he pitched or the outs that he got in certain situations this season, right? So, no, I'm actually kicking myself. I'm, the Padres should be kicking themselves because they didn't trade Hader and Snell, not because they traded him and, oh, man, we missed by a couple games. No, missed the postseason by a couple games with those guys on the team, and Blake Snell couldn't have pitched better. And Josh Hader, when he was on the mound, pretty much couldn't have pitched better. He was really good, but he could have made himself more available. And obviously those guys, they weren't a big enough difference to put this team in the postseason because it's a team thing. And I saw with this team, this team just didn't have it this season. They they had to be so perfect down the stretch. I, I just trade those guys. I just didn't see it happening. It was not going to happen. They went on that winning streak against Colorado and Oakland and the last game of the Dodgers series. Uh, were the Cardinals included in that? I forget. But it's like, okay, cool. But it's too late. You had so many opportunities early on in the season to prove to the front office, don't trade Josh, don't trade Snell. But the front office still kept those guys. And now they're probably going to pay for it because who knows what they could have gotten. That's another what if. Like, what if they did deal those guys? What could have they gotten that could have helped this ball team in 2024? Down the line, as prospects. Um, and what do they get for these guys? They're going to get some draft picks when these guys leave in free agency. Because I think both are going to leave. Padres, they're not paying Blake Snell $200 million or 180 I don't see that happening. And Josh Hader, the Padres are not going to be paying Josh Hader $100 million as a closer, as a reliever. When they already gave Robert Suarez 46 mil to be that guy, they brought in Scott Barlow to be the seventh, eighth inning guy. They have capable guys in that pen. I think the pen needs to be better, needs to get better. Hopefully some additions are made, but I'm not giving a guy $100 million, especially Josh Hader. I'm not giving him that. I've, I've made my thoughts known on Josh Hader. Not a, I mean, I like watching him pitch when he's on the mound. He's a good pitcher, yeah. But I, I didn't like the quotes. I didn't like how he was saying, yeah, I'm saving myself. Like, that was his mentality early on in the year. I'm just trying to be healthy for the whole year, saving myself for the for the stretch. And then when the stretch comes, you say, are we in the playoff race? And it's like, okay, well, then you were just lying to the media earlier on in the year, weren't you? All right, getting back to Joe. I mean, so again, like most of this season, you take out his first three starts. Well, I mean, his first start, he went five innings and, only gave up one run, no earned runs. Um, the two starts, May 13th, May 20th, combined, what, 10 and two-thirds innings, eight earned runs, wasn't great. But after that start, since then, he had a sub-2 ERA. Like, he was tremendous. So I'm not worried. 
the only thing I'm worried about with Musgrove, I guess, is the health, the shoulder. Uh, but and him dropping a kettlebell on his toe. Hopefully, I don't know, because it was obviously a freak accident, right? Um, a dumbbell, you can drop a dumbbell as well, right? And he's working out. He's probably sweating. It was slippery. It slipped and drops on his toe. Is he someone, I think he is someone that likes to, tr to train uh, barefoot, I think. Which I understand some people do do that because, at least in my experience, when I'm working out, like, the when you're working out in shoes, it's easier to lift weights or do squats and stuff like that and get out up out of it than it is if you're barefoot or in socks. Like, you really have to go, right? Um, you really have to use the force. And, you know, like, it's hard to explain, I guess. But you really have to use those legs and use the ground and push through the ground to get up. And maybe Musgrove likes that. Because um, there are some, I think Michael Lorenzen is another guy in Major League Baseball that does that. There are guys that like to train barefoot or in socks, not in shoes all the time. Um, and I think he was doing that, and so that made it even worse because there was no extra layer with the shoes or anything like that. So hopefully there's no kettlebell accident in spring training or no kettlebell accident in the offseason or during the season because we need Joe Musgrove on the mound next year because, as I said yesterday, there are some question marks. You Darvish with his health. Seth Lugo, is he back? Michael Walker, is he back? Blake Snell, he's not probably back. Nick Martinez, you'd think he'd be back. There's the club option that they probably won't take. Maybe they will. 16 mil, I think. But there's also a player option for Nick. I think it's 8 mil that he could take. Uh, I think Nick would be back. But how would he work as a starter all year? Like, There's questions about that as well. How much money are the Padres willing to spend on starting pitching this offseason with knowing that the payroll is probably going to go down? Are they going to be in it in Sonny Gray? I love Sonny Gray. Are they going to be in on him? Blake Snell doesn't seem like it. About the other, like Marcus Stroman, you throw out names, like what's there going to be their interest level? Are they going to be more in on Michael Walker and trying to bring him back? One, one year deal guys, or are they willing to go three, four years with someone? You know, Preller, he has been creative, willing to be creative. I'll say that with contracts. And some of the time, it's like, why'd you, why'd you give the option to those guys with like Michael Walker or Seth Lugo? Like, why don't you just give them a multi-year deal? But that's looking at it in hindsight, obviously. That's easy to say now. And maybe those guys only signed because they did get, they got the guarantee. Like, if something doesn't work out in 2023, they can come back. Also, if it does work out, because this was like a test for someone like Seth Lugo to see if he could be a starter. If it does work out, then he can just go to free agency and the Padres can be a suitor for him if they really want him back. Like it's a, it's a win-win for those guys. So I understand why the players do it. And sometimes the club might have to do it so that those guys don't go to a competitor. Uh, you know, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's obviously going to be a lot of discussion going on in the offseason about the starting pitchers, relief, who's available, who should stay, who should go. Maybe I'll do a show on that once this World Series wraps up. By the way, 
really entered i think it's been for for all of the series lopsided series right you look at the series and it's like okay phillies braves was four games rangers o's sweep um astros twins was what four games right twins won one game dodgers d-backs was three games i think these series have actually been pretty entertaining now this is me speaking as just like a a baseball not just a padres fan obviously padres first but as a baseball fan as well. I'm not just only focused on the Padres. That's a lot of my focus, but I'm a baseball fan as well. And I just love the major league baseball postseason. But for all the, the lopsided series, I mean, the Phillies Braves game last night was super entertaining. Uh, even the Phillies blowouts have been entertaining because of the Phillies crowd and the home runs and all that, like, and the great pitching performances. Like I, I've been entertained. Uh, the twins Astro series, I was rooting for the Twins. I have family in Minnesota, obviously. Like I was, I was. It sucked that they lost, but it was an entertaining series. I thought, yeah, there was a what nine to one game in Game Three, first game back in Minnesota, but there were still. It was interesting, I think. Um, now Dodgers D-backs. That wasn't really an interesting series. That was just a fun watch because the Dodgers got demolished. You know, they got it handed to them. Um, so we'll see ALCS now, Rangers. And the Astros and all Texas postseason matchup there. And then for a spot in the World Series. And then the NLCS, Phillies, D-backs. I think everyone's going to be picking the Phillies. Rangers, Astros, I think that's going to be more of a split. I'm probably going to go with the Astros, though. I mean, until someone knocks them down. Well, people will not, People have knocked the Astros down. But this is seven consecutive ALCSs by the Astros. So, and there's a lot of former Padres, obviously. We look at Phillies, Phillies and the D-backs, obviously Tommy Pham. Phillies, you got Craig Kimbrell and Trey Turner. I know he wasn't major league Padre, but in the organization. Matt Strom getting the final outs the other night, last night. Um, man, I wish Bryce Harper was on this Padres team. Everything that he is doing with Philly, how much love he has for the city of Philadelphia, He's saying everything right. Um, also, him performing in the postseason helps as well. Um, and, you know, personally, anyone that knows me personally, like Bryce Harper is, he was, you know, my one of my, he was my favorite non-Padre growing up. No doubt about that. Love that guy. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would have loved to see him in a Padres uniform. Is that rumor true that it was the Padres could have gotten Manny and Harper? but Ron Fowler didn't want to pay both of them. Is that, I've seen that on social media. I don't know if that's actually true. I don't remember. So I, I, I don't know. We could have the discussion. Would you rather have Harper? Would you rather have Manny? I think a lot of fans would say Harper based on the success that he is having with the Phillies um, and all that. And he's saying all the right things as well. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not going to bash Manny Machado. Like there's some stuff that he says I don't like, uh, but I love having Manny Machado be a San Diego Padre, no doubt about that. But uh, man, I would have loved to have Bryce Harper on this Padres team. The me, because I, I remember that I think the winter meetings were in Vegas that off season, and Harper obviously lives in Vegas, and the Padres met with Bryce Harper um, in one of I think it was a separate Vegas hotel. I remember reading that on the Athletic, but I was like, man, all right, we're we're in it on Harper. We're having conversations. This is amazing. This would be like a dream come true. And then we still got Manny. Like I was super happy we got Manny Machado. I remember 
exactly where I was when that news came down. Sorry, I think I was in biology or science, bio, some science class, maybe biology, whatever, earth science. Sorry to that teacher. Yes, I was on my phone looking at the Jeff Passan alerts, Manny Machado, Padres, 10 years, $300 million. I remember where I was when Harper signed. I was in Spanish class, uh, and I saw 13 years, 330, pop up on my phone, and I was like, it just like crushed my day because I wanted him to become a Padre, but I was happy that Manny was a Padre. Um, but yeah, man, just watching this postseason, Obviously, watching last postseason as well, what he did to the Padres and just what he did overall, that's just a guy where it's like, and I know it's not just Padres fans. There are a ton of fans that would love to have Bryce Harper be on their team. I mean, fan bases that are like, man, I wish we had that type of guy on this team. I wish we had, uh, and Joe Musgrove's that guy for San Diego. I'm not saying he's not, but it's just like, Man, that guy is so clutch. He's saying all the right things. He loves the city, loves everything about it. Gosh, what would it, what, what if? Because, you know, because I was thinking like Bryce and his wife got married in San Diego. Don't know if people know that, or maybe it was engaged. I forget which one, but they got, I think they got married in San Diego. Um, he played for San Diego show for a little bit, you know, because he was obviously a star as a kid. So he played in some tournaments uh, on the West Coast, obviously. Maybe he played for San Diego Stars a little bit as well. The San Diego show he played for. Yeah, Chris said, yeah, Harper got married in San Diego. So you just connect the dots and it's like, oh man, this would be amazing. It didn't happen. So that's always going to be probably uh, in my dreams. Like, oh, what if, what if Harper was a Padre? But oh well. It's going to be an entertaining series. You know, Phillies, D-backs, and then obviously the Rangers. They got Chris Young running everything. Bruce Bochy, Austin Hedges, Travis Jankowski. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Nick Hundley, I think, is a special assistant in their front office. Ian Kinsler, not a fan, but he's a he's a special assistant, I think, in their front office. Michelin Curtis uh, was, like, one of Preller's, like, right-hand not right-hand man, but right-hand woman, uh, in that Padres front office. She left to go to the Texas Rangers, and so she's there as well. So a lot of Padre ties. Astros, do they have Padre ties? Phil Maton, I think, is with the Astros, right? Let me look up their roster right now. Astros roster. And while I do that, just a reminder, Just I want to shout out I, uh, the, the uh, sponsors to the show, FOCO. Great bobbleheads and collectibles, breakingtea.com. Click the link in the description there. Some great San Diego sports swag, Padres, Aztecs, Wave, Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match up to $100 there. Click the link in the description for that or use code TALKINGFRIERS. And then SeatGeek code TALKINGFRIERS, $20 off your order there for any event on SeatGeek. They also have an app. You can download that. And gaglionbros.com is the website. Best, best cheesesteaks garlic fries in San Diego. So if you're out and about for lunch or dinner, you want to, you, you need, you need an idea, go to Gaglion bros and tell you Ben from talking Friars sent you. Uh, they, they are great, great cheesesteaks, great garlic fries, uh, great human beings that I've interacted there with Gaglion bros. All right. 
yeah, looking at this Astros roster, Phil Maton is someone that sticks out. Did Ryan Stanek ever be? I don't think he was ever a Padre, right? I'm talking about like in the organization. I don't remember him. Yeah, no. Okay. He was with Tampa. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Phil Maton with the Astros. How about coaches? Um, no. Okay. All right, let's go through the chat here. Let's see. Not a lot of people I know. There's I know that these these shows aren't going to get a ton of views or audience because some people just want to move on, uh, or it's you know it's just the off season. Pottery fans might be bummed out or. They don't want to review someone's season. They already know what happened in the season. I understand that. But this is just, I'm not just reviewing these player seasons. Like if you guys have questions and comments, you want to join the show as well, you can click the link that's pinned at the top of the chat. Like it's at the end of these shows, it's still, you know, regular Padres talk. But while this postseason's going on, just want to come on here Monday through Friday and um, still talk about the Padres in some fashion. Uh, although that they're not in the postseason, there's not a ton to talk about in Padre land right now. There will be, obviously, when the offseason really gets going. Um, Iris says, stick to the pool exercises, Joe. No, he's got to still stay strong. So he's he's still going to lift weights, I'm sure. Tom Brady, he didn't lift weights at the end of his career, right? He was more using the bands. So maybe Musgrove does band work. I think he probably does, um, but because he he and someone I, I'm blanking on the name, but they just opened I think a gym in San Diego for athletes for like professional care and professional training and all that. So he's doing some great stuff in the community. Shocker, not uh, great human being. So yeah, um, I, I don't I don't think he's just gonna stick with the pool exercises, Irie. Devin says, Joe is one tough pitcher who is durable and the most humble Padre ever. He and Crony are my favorite players on the team. I agree. That's the same thing with me, Devin. You and I are on that same page. Uh, with that said, he did have a disappointing season. Injuries held him. Performance-wise, it wasn't disappointing in my opinion. You know, the start maybe, but it was disappointing because he didn't, you know, pitch the whole year. And maybe the Padres would have been able to sneak in the postseason if he was healthy. That's one of the what ifs, right? But it wasn't because of his pitching on the field. Where like Darvish, there was a lot of outings, as I said yesterday, where he didn't go six innings and gave up a bunch of runs, like way too many. And that's not the U Darvish that we were used to, at least if you're comparing it to 2022. Just too many of them. Um, with Joe... I mean, I went through the numbers earlier. He pitched really well for the most part. It was just the injuries were a problem. The shoulder, yeah. And when, you, when you're talking about the shoulder, yeah, that's obviously a major question mark. So it's obviously something to keep an eye on going into spring training next year. But I'm encouraged because he already was throwing at the end of this season. Not like hardcore, but he was throwing and getting into his offseason programming. So it seems like everything's good there.
Um, let's see. Continuing to go through the chat. Irie says, David Bednar get extended. That would be sweet if we lose Josh Hader and get him for cheaper than it would make the Joe Musgrove trade a double win. Oh, did he get extended is what Irie's saying. I don't think so. I didn't. Did he? I didn't see a David Bednar. Um, I don't think a lot of Padres fans care, but because we we know that the Padres, at least that's what it feels like, we won the Joe Musgrove deal. Was Jack? I think Jack Sawinski was part of that. David Bednar, or no, Jack Sawinski was part of the uh, Adam Frazier deal. That one we did not win, but the Joe Musgrove trade. Let me go back and see. Yeah, it was a three-team trade. Mets got Joey Lucchese. Haven't heard a whole lot from him. I think he's, isn't he getting Tommy John? Pirates got Hudson Head. Haven't heard anything about him. David Bednar, of course, he turns into an all-star. Omar Cruz, Drake Fellows, Andy Rodriguez from the Mets. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Padres, they got Joe Musgrove. Like, they won the deal. I get David Bednar, all-star, reliever, but we got Joe. We won the trade. Um, Irie says, I want to hear Ben Fadden GM moves Ben Preller for a day video. Like me being AJ Preller for a day. Like acting if I was AJ. Like what I would do with this roster if I could do anything. I mean, I could make a show about that. I could make an episode about that. La Jolla Temple, is that what it is? Chris is talking about where Bryce Harper was married. Yeah, him and Kayla. All right, that's going to do it. Talking for hours, episode 490. Thank you, everyone, for the time at Joe Musgrove Season Review and hit on some other topics as well, a little bit on the postseason. Thank you all for watching, for listening. I appreciate it. And I'll be back probably on Monday with the next player reviews. Some of these are not going to just be single-player day reviews. Some will be combined with each other. Uh, but player reviews continuing probably next week. See you then.